You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Our faces are known because of our longevity on Days of Our Lives. Guys and girls will come up and say, I watched you when I was a little kid I and I was like, with my it's mother. Like mommy and my... And... <laughs> Days of Our Lives stars Bill and Susan Hayes. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Well, if you were a regular viewer of the NBC soap opera Days of Our Lives in the 70s and the 80s, you know instantly who I'm talking about if I just say Doug and Julie. Actress Susan Seaforth joined the cast of Days of Our Lives in 1968. Bill Hayes joined the cast in 1970. And by 1974... Their on-screen romance turned into reality as the two of them married, and they've been married ever since. But while Bill and Susan Hayes have lived happily ever after, not so much for Doug and Julie, because by the mid-1980s, NBC took a different direction with its soap operas, a younger direction, and older cast members like Doug and Julie were shoved to the background. Eventually, in 1984, Bill and Susan Hayes were fired. They've since made many appearances on the show, but it's not like it was in the heyday. Well, I met them in 2006 when they wrote a book uh, that's basically a joint autobiography called Like Sands Through the Hourglass. So here now, from 2006, Bill and Susan Hayes. Now, I have to ask the question that many millions of people must be asking by now. What took you so long to write a book like this? That's a good way to say that. People have been telling us all through the years, we'd talk, talk about some of our experiences, uh, and they'd say, you've got to write a story. You've got to write a book. You've got to write this down. We always poo-pooed that, said, no thank you, until a friend of ours, about two years ago now, took us out to dinner, and he's a fan of Days of Our Lives, and he's a fan of us, and he believes in our relationship, and he said, you need to put your story down. It is positive. Today, it's negative everywhere, everywhere you turn, and we need a positive book, and that's really where well, there's a turning point. We were also very grateful to have that dinner. He picked up the check, <laughs> and uh, he lit a fire under us and insisted that we go forward with it, and I think the stories that we have to tell are fuller and more wonderful now after having lived together for 30 years as husband and wife. Uh, our book is about our, our personal histories and our history in, in marriage. Uh, it has, it's richer now and completely different than it would have been 20 years ago mm-hmm. when people first told us you ought to write a book. That's a good point. It's yeah. better now than it would have mm-hmm. been if we had written it before. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, I was very pleased to see that, I mean, I would have been happy just with a story about your years on Days of Our Lives, but you tell, it's almost like two autobiographies in one. It is. It's a he, sh- he said, she said book. I started working in show business when I was four years old. As a matter of fact, Billy, who is slightly older than I am, also began, we began working in show business the same year. But I had smaller parts than Bill, <laughs> being shorter. You were smaller. Yes, I, I didn't even read and write, to tell you the truth wow. at that time. Incredible. Yeah, it's just, I, to be honest, I hadn't realized the full extent of I mean, the, the rich show business background that both of you brought to the to, to days of our lives. 
Well, that's one thing we wanted to uh, to write about. Um, our book, we call it A Story of Love, and it really is that because we have both been performers all these years, and um, and we wanted to write our love of, of performing, of uh, of our business. Of, of our, how you our say, craft, the show business. The, the show business. <laughs> the business we love so much. As well as love for each other and love for um, relationship and marriage, uh, etc. Um, I like to say that this is not a fan book. Although, if you have um, seen Days of Our Lives, you will relate to many things in it. But it's not just for um, fans of Days of Our Lives. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen a, a soap, it, it should relate. You should be able to relate to what we say here. It's basically a story of uh, working in the business with lots of the downs as well, of the, as, well mm-hmm. as the ups. Uh, I really beat myself up in print because I thought this was the time to be brutally honest about all the things you shouldn't do. Uh, I think I have a chapter in there called um, All Fired Up, which is my mm-hmm. favorite chapter, which is about how, how to get fired, mm-hmm. how to get rehired, and fired again if you play it right. Valuable advice to anyone in today's economy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, but show business, as with, frankly, the radio business, I mean, it's, it's always been unstable. You've never had any real job security, have you? Absolutely. No. If you must have security first, then you... Become an insurance agent. That's right. You go where... Get where into you, farming, where you only have God and Mother Nature against you, and right. the economy. Yeah. But certainly not show business. Mm-hmm. Susan and I have both been fortunate to work in so many phases of performing. We've both worked a lot on live theater. We've worked a lot in films, in in television, and in, in, um, this two weeks ago, I did four concerts out in uh, California with Shirley Jones and Dom DeLuise and the Horace Height Band. What a kick that was! <laughs> and we're lecturing on cruise ships now as wow. well. So all sorts of odds and ends coming, and, and probably meeting people in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, who have never known a life when Salem did not exist for them. Indeed, indeed. It's a cross-generational audience, grandmothers, mothers. By the way, this is a wonderful book for your mommy. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, And all the young men that come and say, my mother and my grandmother were watching, and I was just a little kid. I couldn't get out of the room, and so I remember you, too. And that's the way most people say hello to us today, where our faces are known because of our longevity on Days of Our Lives. And uh, guys and girls will come up and say, I watched you you when I was a little kid, (laughs) and I was with my mother. It's like mommy. (laughs) (laughs) I have to confess, that's the way I was when I first met Eileen Fulton, because I'd seen her since I was three years old. I mean, to me, she was almost like a surrogate mom of sorts. But crazier than your mom. Oh, I know <laughs> that. <laughs> All right, you know, Bill, you write in here about, about the, when you first were offered you know, the chance to go and, and audition for Days of Our Lives. Yes. You're thinking, as probably a lot of actors, as a lot of men probably think, a soap opera? A soap opera? Me? What? A- absolutely. I, I was in a situation where I needed to be home and stay home. I had three kids still at home, and I was going to be a parent to them, I could not go on the road anymore. I said to my agent, I have to get a job, some kind of a job where I stay home. I'm home every night. And she said to me, my agent said, how about a soap? And I thought, oh my, (laughs) yes, I guess I could do a soap. Uh, I really had never seen one. Um, My only knowledge of them was when I was a little boy and my grandmother used to listen to them on the radio. 
long time ago, but I never listened to them. And I thought, incorrectly, of course, that uh, soap opera acting was bad acting and soap opera writing was bad writing and so forth. I got on Days of Our Lives and I discovered immediately that the actors were fabulous, Mm -hmm. that the writing was tops. It was just so good. And I must interject that Bill changed the medium when he came on Days of Our Lives. Uh, Previously, the stories had all been about guys in suits with ties on. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were lawyers. They were doctors. They were uh, upper middle class, uh, little authority figures from the Midwest. Uh, Bill's character was a wild card, and he was hired for his acting ability, but then the producers realized this was the Bill Hayes, the singing actor from Broadway, from Me and Juliet, the man with the gold record for the Ballad of Davy Crockett. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, the greenest state in the land of the free, raised in the woods so he knew every tree, and killed him a bar when he was only three. And gee, can we write a song into the show? Maybe he could sing a song on the show. Well, indeed, he sang beautifully, and because he has his degree in music, he could sing, he could write his own chart and show up and sing accurately and perfectly in one take. Other shows began to say, gee, some of our other actors, don't you play the guitar, Charlie? And Charlie would stand up and play the guitar horribly and not even be able to get out the Battle Hymn of the Republic. I can show you the tapes from the show that tried this, and say, oh, maybe we don't want music on the show, but... He changed it all, and after that, looser characters, the 70s came, he was gigantic in the 70s mm-hmm. on the show. And you he, guys were ever you both of you were everywhere. In we the were 70s. everywhere. We oh, were, and the writing was so wonderful. We had the most wonderful we love had a good story. Time. We mm-hmm. had such a... We fell in love in public, and the public, fortunately and sweetly, has never forgotten. They've lived through our love, our, our love story. And mm-hmm. the fact that we are still married seems to many people to justify the institution of marriage mm-hmm. and give them hope, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a responsibility that we have happily shouldered. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, Bill Bell created Doug and Julie. He created our story. And people in the country were moved by it, and they are still, if they went through the 70s into the early 80s with us in that story, they're still moved when they see us because of of what we went through. Do you know there are entire websites that have actual transcripts of, like, people's characters' proposals and characters' speeches? Certainly. You know, things like this. I mean, bless their hearts. People have a lot of time on their hands that they can watch so closely and transcribe all this stuff. Yes, but these are treasured moments. That's the thing. These are highlights. I have a chapter in the book about going to the doctor's office, and the nurse that was preparing me to, to see the doctor recognized me and apologized for remembering but then described a scene to me that I had had with Bill not five years ago, not five months ago or five weeks ago, but more like 20 years ago. And she was a young lady, still a young lady. And she said, oh, that scene, that when he kissed you and he lifted you and carried you to the bed. Well, there have been a million bed scenes and kisses since then. On but the, that was the Hessian Inn. But that was the uh. one that was meaningful, to, so meaningful to our characters and she obviously was devoted to them, and mm-hmm. therefore it was as though we'd all been in bed together, pardon me putting it that way, mm-hmm. but it was. Mm-hmm. And to hear that feedback from the audience years later, it's the justification for staying in, in a risky and crazy business. You did something right at one moment, and they remembered. 
after this short break. Doug and Julie, I mean, Susan and Bill Hayes, talk about the one big change in the soaps in the 1980s that cost them their jobs. Now back to my 2006 interview with Bill and Susan Hayes. In the early 80s, something happened to many of the older characters on your show, on other shows. And as I was telling you before, I turned on the soap now, and it looks like everybody on there is 19. I mean, have, have we skewed? Am I just an old fogey, or have, have they skewed? No, there so was younger? a time um, when Susan started in 68. I started in 70, 1970, on Days of Our Lives. During that period, until 1982, the stories were pretty much the way they had been all through the 30s and 40s on radio and into the beginning of the 50s, where, as Susan said, the, the uh, men were doctors and lawyers who mm-hmm. helped the, the uh, helpless housewives. And it Adults was, had storylines. We had stories mm-hmm. that were of, of the heart. Um, In the summertime, the kids had storylines because they were supposed to be home from school, mm-hmm. only watching during the summer. But then... In 1982, at least at NBC I'm talking about, mm-hmm. which was uh, Days of Our Lives, um, we had a gentleman come in as a new head of daytime, and he said, this has to change. Times have changed. Times, they are a-changing. Mm-hmm. He said, we want to go for the audience that is 12 to 22. We are going to write stories about teenagers and about young 20s, and the others are going to be relegated to uh, also in the show. They are going to support the main the main thrust of the storyline will be uh, for the for the younger audience because we know the older audience already loves you mm-hmm. and they're like yellow dog Democrats mm-hmm. they're going to vote for that <laughs> ticket regardless who's that. on it mm-hmm. and which I believe is the expression I'd vote for any Democrat even if he were a yellow dog <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so they figured that they had the audience they could couldn't possibly lose them they could only gain more mm-hmm. the interesting thing has been like. Everything that's happened in television, you can't predict with accuracy about mm-hmm. how the, the future is going to hit you. And, in fact, all television has lost audience. Well, the thing is, if, if people have been following Doug and Julie for years, they're not going to be content with you saying, turn that music down. You know, it- that's right. <laughs> and uh, that led to us being fired, really. <laughs> because we started – suddenly our characters were changed in 1983 and 84. They started writing Doug as a cantankerous old parent. Negative parent. Negative. Mm-hmm. Um, super conservative. And not at all the character that I had been playing for 12 years. This disturbed me. Um, I thought – the the writers are now doing a disservice to the audience. They're they're jerking this this character around so much and making him such a different person that uh, it, it's not right for our audience. And this is the mistake that soap actors make, and this is the mistake that stars make, uh, saying, "I wouldn't do it this way." Uh, you do not. You, the writer, the producer, the person in control of the show, do not understand. The character as I, the role-playing actor, do. And I'm understanding it on behalf of the audience. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. And you guys who have my contract and the future of the show in your hands don't know what you're doing. Wrong thing to say. This is, not, this is no way to come into a meeting. <laughs> Bill, Bill, you can't do that. I asked for a meeting at that point in 1984, and I said I, what I just told you. I said, I feel like I'm Magic Johnson and I'm sitting on the bench. Mm -hmm. 
And worse than that, I'm, I'm shooting uh, uh, buckets for the other team, mm-hmm. for the opposing team. And we were out. Mm. And that was the end of that. Um, not, a, not an unhappy ending. We've come back on the show, uh, had many wonderful experiences and wonderful scenes and things to play. Since then, it's just the typical actor getting so involved in his role that he thinks that's the world it, is it is it dangerous to take on too much of your role as your own persona and i mean i mean so that you become doug and julie i mean even I mean, when you're going to somebody's office and saying wait a minute i wouldn't say that and you realize no no no, doug wouldn't say it but i'm not doug i'm bill <laughs> that's hard that's hard to say i don't believe that that happened to us i believe that we remained actors throughout and I don't think that we that I, I I don't think I went to the meeting to say that I Bill wouldn't mm, have said mm-hmm. the, those things. I believe that I stayed far enough detached so that I said mm-hmm. these are things that Doug just he he would never have said in all these twelve years I'd played him. Why am why am I saying yeah. them now? Why is he saying them now? But clearly, I mean, this is more than just a job to the two of you. I mean, the, oh yes, uh, oh the, my, the, that's true with most soap opera actors mm-hmm. who have had any his, long history with the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the producers as well, and goodness knows the head writers. Mm-hmm. It's more than a job. It's more than a baby. It's <laughs> it's more than the sun and the moon and the stars. It is your everything, mm-hmm. and you know it's you're right because everybody you meet in the street all over the United States and now all over the world agrees with you. Mm-hmm. Nothing's more important than that show that we all treasure, mm-hmm. that we all love. So. Your your madness is amplified <laughs> by the audience, and you all go off and are crazy together and have little conventions mm-hmm. and uh, happy memories, and uh, and that is the world of soap opera, much more intense than nighttime television now, ever was. Performers uh, get caught up, though, and they do things based on on themselves. I was on your show of shows. Oh yes, the yes. most fantastic variety show ever on television. Sid Caesar, Imogene Coca, Carl Reiner, Howard Morris, Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks. Uh, on and on and on. And I left it to go work on a show on Broadway. Um, I'm not sure that was the right thing to do. I felt that um, we were suddenly going to, uh, that we were doing things uh, repeating uh, unnecessarily. I I sensed that something was changing in the in the creative process, and I asked to leave. Um, I probably shouldn't have done that. I probably should have just gone on and did. My you don't leave thing. a hit. You don't leave a hit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you shoot yourself in the foot to do that. <laughs> All right, and, and I'll, let me ask you. I mean, I, I don't think I'm giving anything away because it's been on the air. Right? Doug is dead, is he not? Doug is Doug resurrected. Was dead. Oh, he was dead. Yes, I, I'm Bill. behind. I'm behind the curve. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was that was a fabulous time. Uh, we didn't. Glad know. to have you back. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Um, we did not know that we were returning, but we had a serial killer who killed off successfully ten major characters on the show, mine included. We, as far as we knew, were dead and gone. <laughs> Kaput. Well, subsequently we were back, but um, yes, that was quite an experience. Oh, and on that, I got to tell you one thing. There was a scene that we did the moment Doug died. Susan was in the chapel praying. There was a light that appeared in the chapel, and Doug walked out of the light, and we had a scene of goodbye. 
it was the most poignant, most beautifully written scene of goodbye. All the things that you want to say to somebody who has just died that you haven't said. It was so moving. And two months before that, Susan's mother had died. And my mother had been a head writer on the show at one period. Oh, it, was, it was. So she was a writer and an actress, and my, she was so my entire family. so much going on then. She was my entire family. I was a, a single child. And playing that scene with Billy, um, <laughs> I really don't know how we did it, how we got through it. It was uh, the uh, capturing on tape everything, everything that our love means to us and everything that being alive and the specter of not being alive means to us. So Days of Our Lives got a little bonus with that particular show. Yes, and the interesting thing to me was we were supposed to do it like on Tuesday night, and it, we went late and late and late. It finally got so late they said, let's do that scene tomorrow morning. We'll do it the first thing tomorrow morning. And so Susan and I just kind of held ourselves <laughs> suspended in midair with that feeling. With that awful overnight, feeling. Overnight, through breakfast, we got made up. We combed our hair. <laughs> we brushed our teeth. We went out and did the scene. And it was, it was just the most moving moment. I've read the stuff I've read on the Internet about that scene could almost be its own book. I mean, you just really, there's a lot of people who apparently were feeling the emotion just as strongly as the two of you were. Yes. That's, uh, it was universal. Oh, I yeah. mean, the things, uh, your spouse, your parent, your child, somebody super close to you mm-hmm. dies, and you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I want to say something, and you didn't say it. Mm-hmm. And we had the chance to say those things. So, in closing, <laughs> we try to live each day, and I do, in fact, consciously, as though this were the last, to greet my friends and let them know how precious they are to me. Uh, don't be proud. Why? Uh, be available and forgiving and uplifting to those who need it and to my spouse to make each day the most wonderful day we ever had together. And I have to say, the odyssey of writing this book, putting it down in print, examining the past, looking forward to the future, trying to make a summation at the end and say, well, what do I know for sure? What have I learned? This has been a tremendous exercise in looking at your life and saying, well, what does count? What do I want it to mean? And what do I want it to mean tomorrow? Um, It's been... Great. If we never write another, I'm very proud of Like Sands Through the Hourglass. But in fact, we are working on another book now. Oh, bless your heart. Yes. Optimists. <laughs> Bill Hayes is now 96 years old. Susan Seaforth Hayes is 78. And they both still appear from time to time on Days of Our Lives. And you can find easy Amazon links to the Hayes' book at our website, heardeverything.com. Oh, and while you're at heardeverything.com, Be sure and listen to my interview with As the World Turns star Eileen Fulton. And we couldn't say pregnant. I couldn't say to my mother and my mother-in-law, talking about Lisa's mother and mother-in-law, now that I'm pregnant. I had to say, now that I'm carrying Bob's child. If you say pregnant, we'll go off the air. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening to Now I've Heard Everything. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, one of the world's greatest magician, illusionist, my 1992 interview with Penn Jillette.
Everybody hates magicians. People should hate magicians. I think Jerry Seinfeld has a line that's wonderful, that he says all magic is just here's a quarter, now it's gone, you're a jerk, now it's back, you're an idiot, show's over. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Thompson.